Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. Hey, hey, hello. Welcome back to the Bold Believer Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Josh Snyder, and I am in the Bold Believer studio today, and I'm excited to roll out a second part, essentially, from this last week's episode. Uh, This last week, we did a segment from an interview from Lethos Cry, a podcast that platforms uh, faith and music, specifically in the realm of uh, metal and Christian music. Uh, It's a long story. You have to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't done so already. But uh, he does some solid work. Uh, Glenn, I can't remember his last name, but Glenn of uh, Lethos Cry does some solid work there in his field. So shout out to Glenn of Lethos Cry and his podcast that he does on YouTube. Check him out if you haven't got a chance today. But today we got a brand new uh, interview that that took place from another Christian podcasting platform, uh, my friend Kiana uh, Mitchell, I believe is how you pronounce her name, uh, we've been in communication for some time, and I also was able to feature multiple songs or multiple original songs as uh, feature songs on her podcast called Finding God. Her podcast called Finding God, you'll find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, probably most other podcasting platforms, but she does some solid work. She does a lot of interviews, mainly interviews uh, from specifically in, in Christianity and how they came to Christ and what brought them to the point in which they're at that day. And uh, so today we're going to go get a little bit deeper about my personal testimony, some a place where I came from, uh, where I got started in music, and the the testimony that has made me who I am at this point and 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 God working uh, up to this point in my life. And so I'm excited to share this with you and uh, this this podcast episode with uh, Kiana Mitchell from Finding God. And of course, before we get to that, let's get to the Bold joke of the day. Today's bold joke comes from the exponentially bad dad joke book, as always, and uh, it's simply this. Did you hear about the kidnapping at school? Well, turns out he woke up. He woke up. Most of the bold jokes at this point are plays on words, so if you're not really good about catching play on words jokes, then you may not like the bold jokes. But anyway, come back again next week for another bold joke of the day, and uh, go share some rolling, rolling eyes, <laughs> eye-rolling laughs with uh, your friends and family. If you haven't done so already, please consider uh, liking or subscribing or following the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, leaving us a review in places like Apple Podcasts really helps boost this podcast out to more people. If you find what we do here at the Bold Believer Podcast uh, encouraging or inspiring or help uh, and helping it fortify your faith, I hope and pray that you would take a moment to leave a review and to maybe share an episode with your friends. Uh, again, we thank thank you all for helping us organically grow this little podcast as we uh, continue to move forward and learn and grow together. Without further ado, let's jump right into this episode of the Finding God podcast, a Josh Snyder interview from Kiana Mitchell. Our guest this week on the Finding God podcast is a friend of the podcast. You've heard his name many times. He's been an artist of the week several times, but his name is Josh Snyder. Josh has been gracious enough to let me use his music a lot on this podcast, and this week, he is here to share his story about how he found God. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Josh.
Hello, Josh. Welcome to the Finding God podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us about how you found God. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. I am going to ask you the famous question I ask everybody because I think it's important to kind of see where you start off in your journey and finding out about God. So I'm going to ask you, did you know about God as a child and what was your childhood like? Childhood, my childhood was, uh, was very good. I, I, I look back and I don't see, uh, a whole lot of marks for uh, trauma or things that I can look back and complain about. I actually was raised in a, uh, in a preacher's home. I, uh, I was, uh, I was a preacher's kid. So I grew up from a very, very young, young age. I had a knowledge of God. I had a, uh, you know, I went to church. I went to Sunday school. I was the, you know, the, the kid that was annoying and stood up and knew all the answers to the Bible quiz questions and thought I knew everything about God and the word of God by the time I hit 12. Um, and, uh, I know we'll we can, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of the furtherance of it and, and how God essentially needed to become personal, and that was something that I, I don't think that I had at, at a young age. It was the personal uh, relationship with God, and that's, that's essentially what it's all about, and that's probably what we'll, we'll come down to. But it's simply, and, and in short, my childhood was it was good. I had solid parents; they had truth, I believe. They they spoke life into uh, into to myself and my four siblings. I had four siblings, and. Uh, um, and, and we all, we all, uh, we all had a, had a good upbringing, I guess, just, just simply put. And, uh, so I, I had a knowledge of God at a very young age. That is awesome. Kind of remind me of myself when I was a kid, because I was also the annoying kid who knew every answer. Everyone always wanted me on their team for everything. Yeah. Even when we did yeah. like Bible sword drills, and you had to find the verse oh, yeah. in the Bible. I was like oh, always yeah. the one who got it. So I, it, that resonates. <laughs> I totally get that. So as a child, what was one thing that you remember about God that really stuck with you and resonated in your young mind? So like I said, at a young age, I, I had roots in Christendom. I, I had a knowledge of God and, uh, the 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 one thing that I remember that sticks out was again at a very young age. Um, first and foremost, I remember knowing and finding out and coming to the knowledge that God um, had a higher standard than any of us had. And so, in one regard, that was true. But in another regard, I did not know truly and truly understand what Christ did for me at at, at that time. And I. I remember uh, every time that I did something that wasn't right, maybe I, uh, I, I stole a candy bar from the, the store or, or uh, I don't know, I lied about something or tried to lie about something. I, I remember praying um, after after the event or after whatever happened and, and asking God to forgive me and please don't send me to hell or something <laughs> like that. So so at my in my young mind, I, I was not totally aware of the love of God and what that all implied and what grace was and all this, all the other things that I began to understand. And, and then eventually had to make personal because it wasn't just my parents' belief. It wasn't just what I was raised in. It wasn't just the church that I was raised in that could ultimately save me or give me the faith that I needed to take on into my adolescence and my teen years. Speaking of adolescence, how was your adolescence? Now I know a lot of times Adolescence is difficult because you're trying to figure out who you are, where you are, how you fit in in the world with your friends and family. And sometimes you make good decisions in adolescence and sometimes you don't. So what was that like for you? So I, uh, I'll look back and I, 
I, I see a very insecure kid. Um, and I, even today I probably wrestle with some of the same insecurities, but the insecurities um, were rooted in the ideas and the thoughts that come to my mind that I'm never good enough and that I, I can never do enough. I can never be enough and, and things like that. And, uh, and, and through the adolescences, that's when I truly started formulating and, and making God personal to me. I remember, uh, so I had a, my, my profession of faith was made when I was like five years old, when I came to, came to God and I said, thank you for what you did on the cross. Please be my Lord. I made that profession as a five-year-old and, and, and over the years after that, though, I, I struggled with being sure and what that all meant. And so by the time I hit 12 or 13, I believe it was, I, I made sure and mm-hmm. I made sure that that was a, a legitimate profession in my life. And, and, but even after all of that, even after the insecurities and the wrestling with, you know, was God truly my Lord and, and, and things like that as, as a young kid, I, I began to, uh, I, after I verified, I should say, after I, after I confessed with my mouth of Lord Jesus and believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead as Romans nine or Romans, uh, 10, nine and 10 states. Um, after I did all that and made sure that that was for me, I, I went on to actually go through some of the worst years of my life, uh, in my, in my teen years. Um, I, I found myself struggling with, you know, peer pressure, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, you might categorize and throw in a lot of just this normal teen stuff. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, break away and, and rebel. And I did, um, I, you know, I look back to, to, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mess around with certain things like drugs or alcohol. I never had that desire. I never, I never, uh, my parents raised me well enough to tell me that and to instill in me that, that, uh, even if you're going to do something stupid, um, uh, you, let me get the right words here for it. Even if you're going to go do something stupid, you don't want to get to where you're blacking out or forgetting what stupid thing you did and, 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 and making things worse. And so I, I never had that desire to, uh, to use substances or anything like that, but I did have other struggles that were, um, some sensual and sexual nature. I had other struggles that were, uh, you know, like I said, peer pressure and just doing stupid stuff like a teenager does as, as we, as we might say. And, and, uh, you know, I, I liked, uh, there was thrills about sneaking out at night. And, you know, I, I look back and there was a night where, you know, we, we ran from the, the cops and, you know, I was throwing up in my mouth. I mean, there was, there was so, so many little like stupid pictures you might take from my teen years where I profess to know God. And I believe that he was, and is, you know, still my Lord. And I understood what that meant, but I was running from that and trying to find joy and peace and, and fulfillment and, and some of these temporal buzzes and momentary goods. And, uh, and at the end of all those roads, there was Jesus. And at the end of all those roads, there was nothing besides the things that mattered in this life, my faith, my family, my friends. And, uh, and I I thank God for the grace that he showed me in some of those years where I was just bumping and running with my Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. It's amazing. I listen to your story, how you talk about how you were doing some of those things, but through it all, God was still with you. And I think sometimes we forget that even when we're not at our best, God is still there with us. He doesn't give up on us. So I'm glad you brought that up because it just shows that no matter what you do, God is still with you. Even if you think about it, even the prodigal son was still the son. He was still a child of his father, that king, that, that, that master in the, you know, the New Testament that Jesus spoke on. No matter how far he ran, 
he still had a place that he called home and a father that forgave him when he came back. So that is so true. And I think about that story quite often. What was the event in your life that made you realize that it was about having a relationship with God? What led you to come to that conclusion? Because I'm going to be honest, so many people spend years and years and years just doing religion and they never get to the point where they realize, oh, it's about a relationship with God and not so much all the do's and don'ts. Because I do personally believe if you love God and you have a relationship with him, just like you have a relationship with your spouse, there are things you're not going to do because you just don't want to hurt your spouse. And it's not like they're controlling you because they're not, but you're just doing it out of love. So at what point in your life did you realize it was more about the relationship and less so much about the religion? Yeah. Good question. I, uh, again, since I was raised in, I believe a, a very solid home, those, those, um, characteristics of who God was and stuff were instilled and I understood them more and more as the years went on. I look back to times, multiple times all through my, especially my teen years where I uh, came to my, the end of myself and in moments. And even I look back to a pivotal point in my life where I knew I was a child of God and I knew that he would forgive me and had the grace to forgive me. But I look back to pivotal points in my life where I was just, I was I was in a place where I deserved the worst that life could give me. I was in a place where I, you know, I deserved to be with the wrong person. Uh, man, spe- speaking in regards to marriage and mm-hmm. and and the future with, I, I deserve to 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 have nothing of value in this life because of because of uh, the mistakes that I chose intentionally, knowing the outcome and the consequences that could come of those things. I chose to walk out in. And, and through it all, you know, the spirit's calling and, and trying to coax us back because he has a better plan for us. And, and, and I found myself wrestling against that. Right. And uh, so the pivotal points in my life were probably times when the consequences finally set in and, and slapped me in the face and woke me up. And I remember sitting in my car one afternoon listening to, uh, it was Andy Minio's song called Tug of War, where Andy uh, Minio states in the song Tug of War, you want to put treasures inside my hands, but you cease because they're clamped holding on to sins I won't release. Right. And, and he goes on to express the, some of the very deep longings that I had inside of my soul. And again, knowing that I was a child of God, I still felt fell away from the things that, that he would have for me. And uh, I found myself repenting, and and I remember I even I even as seven at a seventeen as a seventeen year old a young man I, I moved out of my parents' house for a time with their permission and their blessing mm-hmm. to be um, I went there was a secluded place with some family friends that was under a solid church that was probably five hours away from my hometown I I, I told my parents after thinking and praying about it I need to get out of this place for a time so that I might come focus on. God and his word and things that needed to be instilled deeper into my life. Um, and, and I just felt that I was dangerously too close to some things that would easily mess me up in my weakest points. And so um, I had to realize that sometimes uh, repentance doesn't just stop at repentance. It start it, it continues with taking action and, and doing some crazy things to push against things that would tear away from the relationship that I had with my heavenly father and the blessing that comes from that and the abundant life that I desire to have in Christ. And uh, so I, I moved out uh, my parents' house for a time. And when I, when I got back during that season of revival, it was crazy. I, I met my wife, the, my, the lady who I'd marry uh, a year and a half later. 
awesome. a year and a half later. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's the rest is history. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that and the kind of the changes that have transpired since then. But yeah, the, the pivotal points in my life were just, just those times where God used the reality of, of, of the sins that he called out early on, you know, thousands of years ago when he, when he wrote them down and said that this isn't good for you, dude. Um, he goes, the reality of those things set in and, and really woke me up to God, you are my, you, you know, what's best. And I just need to trust you. Yeah. The fact that you have the clarity at that young age to actually think about this and actually take yourself out of the situation says a lot about your maturity because a lot of people may not have seen that, you know, sometimes we see ourselves like yeah. falling and falling and doing all kinds of stuff. We're just like, I should stop. I should stop. But we never do. We just keep going. So the fact that you can see that, oh, this is not going to end well and actually stop and remove yourself from the situation says a lot to your maturity level at that age. I know you're into music. We played a lot of your songs in a podcast. And so after that happened, how did, did the music come in after you got clarity and you decided you wanted to have that relationship with God or were you doing music before? Um, so the seriousness of the music came in after I started giving everything to God, okay. the desire to do music and to make music and my, and that dream, that passion was mm-hmm. something that God instilled with me within me as like an eight year old, an eight year old boy. Like I knew that I wanted to do this. It, someday I'm going to be a professional music artist. Wasn't sure what that meant. And, you know, I, I still don't know if I've arrived, but I know that I am well in God's will right now for this season in life, even if I'm not where I feel like I should be or where I desire to be or wish I knew more or wish I had more opportunity and things like that. I know that um, after I surrendered all to God, he started opening those doors. And if I if I could say that I would change one thing in my life, I would and regret one thing, had to pick one thing. It was that I didn't surrender all earlier on because, man, once I did, my eyes were not only open, but my, my life and my perspective and the, the doors that God wanted to open probably for me as a, as a teenager desiring to do music and to, to, to do things like that. Those all, all those started opening up and continue to do so. And it all started with complete surrender. And I think so often us people as youth, people who are younger, don't think that that it really matters that much and they can mess around a little bit or I'll, I'll figure it out when I get older and all this other, you know, that, that, you know, you thought as a kid, I'll just, I'll worry about it when I get older. And then as a young, young man, I thought, oh, I'll worry about it when I get older and just surrender all there, there's no better place to be than right where God wants you. And, uh, I can attest to that even now. You said a couple of things that I found to be totally interesting. The first thing was when you were talking about how when you were a little boy, like eight years old, you had this desire to do music. And I get that. I totally understand because I remember being eight or nine, 10, and I had this desire to sing and just write songs and do music. And of course, as I got older, I tried to push it away, but it's something that always came back. And it's this... um it's this lady, she does um, artist development. Her name is Carrie Cole. And she talks about how as a child, she also had a desire to do music and how she tried to push it away. But how she, one thing she realized is that the longer you push it away, it's not going away. You need to just work on it because it always comes back. This is always something that you're going to want to do. And I just find it yeah. amazing that sometimes, because I do believe that sometimes God gives people 
desires to do something because that's what he wants you to do. And he gives you a desire to do it. And the more you try to push it away, it doesn't go away because that is what you are meant to do. And sometimes it may take a while for it to happen. But like you said, once you surrender and follow his lead, then you will see a lot of those things take place. So that was one thing that you said that I totally found interesting. And also when you were talking about your one regret, I so get that because it's like you do think when you're younger that you have all this time. You never think that something could happen to you. You're like, oh, I have time. I wait till I get older. I wait till this. I wait until after that. But sometimes we don't realize that the sooner we just surrender to God, the better it is for us just because God knows what we're going to do. He knows the mistakes we can make, mistakes we're going to make. He knows the consequences. And he's trying to help us avoid those decisions. And even though, yes, he is there when we make those bad decisions, but he also is a proactive guy who wants to try to help us avoid doing a lot of those things. So I totally understand that whole regret thing. And I think that's a good regret to have, (laughs) you know, rather than something else. That's a good regret to have. It's a regret that probably encompasses a lot, but you know, thank God I can learn through even the mistakes and the worst of times too. So, yeah. Now I do follow you on social media and I saw that recently you got um, your license to be a pastor. Please tell me how did all of this come about? Did you want to be a pastor when you were younger or did this just happen when you were older? (laughs) No, I definitely, people were like, you're going to be a pastor like your dad. And I said, no, nope, that's not, that's not going to happen. Not that I didn't love God. I just thought, that's that's just not me and the older I got the more passionate I got not only for music but just ministry in general and being so direct in everything that I say and try to do in my life that how could I not just how can I not speak on these things and God's given me platforms to sing on why would I not couple that with with uh diving into his word with trying to to give people some some truth and to to divide it to where they can understand and things like that so uh, the older I get, the more that, that the passion to not only sing, but to teach and to preach and to, to, to divide the word of God for people has just, uh, just grown. And, and, uh, I, yeah, I had the privilege to, to be ordained and licensed, uh, uh, a few months ago, um, at least from the recording of this uh, podcast. And, yeah. uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe God has the full-time, uh, pastoral ship that I can take. And again, I, I always feel like there'll be music involved. And, uh, and, and my goal and my desire right now, and as, as it's been for years, is to do music ministry full time. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't uh, combine that with, uh, with, with preaching uh, through a church or, or maybe God would just have me have uh, the ability to teach and preach to, to combine with the, the music and the, the ministry efforts through uh, the platforms he gives me musically. So, yeah, lots of little things. And I'm excited to see, see what kind of doors that opens as well. Yeah. And, you know, it goes together because it's a ministry either way, singing and being a pastor. It's like you can do both. There are a lot of ministers out there who also sing. So I think it goes hand in hand. Now, if you were to get a church, um, how I guess the question is, there are a lot of times I've talked to people and they've had negative experiences in church and they've had bad experiences. So from your point of view, if you were a pastor, how would you go about trying to make sure and ensure that everyone felt God's love and there wasn't so much judgment and negativity and things that a lot of people experience in church? Mm, That's a good question. Um, The, the premise for, 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 for the love of God 
should always be that we are never worthy of God's love. Like none of us, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how bad you think you are, none of us are technically worthy of his love. And that's what makes his love so amazing. That's what makes that grace so amazing is is that we, God knowing how bad we are or how bad we could be or how bad we will be or how bad we've been still decided to die on that cross to pay the ultimate price in full and, and to rise again to prove that he was God for us. I remember I posted a little thought in, from a devotional that I I, uh, I was doing yesterday, and 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 the thought came to mind when I was I think I was just praying actually, and and the thought of God's love and how truly deep and deep that was uh, just 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 brought me to tears as I thought because God God knows even you know me as a child of God He knows that I'm going to do things that do not honor Him in right. like in the future, and He still chooses to stick around. Just imagine if, if that's how we, like, if, if I knew every detail of every thought, every action, everything that my wife did, it was going to do against me or that I was, she knew everything that I was going to do against her or something like that. Just imagine what kind of feelings we would have towards that person. Yes. If we had all the knowledge right in that one moment about that person, God has all of that in detail and he still chooses to stick around and to use us and to guide us and to hold us and to carry us. And so, uh, as a, if, if I ever had a chance to, to pass through a church, I, I'd want people to understand, you know, first and foremost, like God's love is infinite. It is his love is unconditional. And, uh, and so, so when we realize that that's, that should change us. And, you know, like you said at the beginning, it's not about, it's not about religion. It's not about a checkbox. It's not about the laws because Christ fulfilled the laws, yeah. but truly when we love him, we will keep his commandments. When we love him, we will see that he has a better plan for us. Mm-hmm. Any so much better than anything we think that we can pull together for ourselves in our short amount of life that he's, that he's given us here to live. Yeah. So um, I, I'd want to convey that clearly and then whatever opportunities and especially if, if I had the opportunity to pastor a church. Yeah, I was thinking this morning that I was dealing with some things, thinking about some things. And it's funny because, you know, how it's like you have those moments where you're like, well, God, you're asking questions. And then out of the blue, you may hear something on the radio or you'll just hear something on YouTube and it just speaks mm. to what you were thinking. And I had yep. an experience like that this morning. And I was like, God, it's just so amazing that you knew something that I was thinking about all this week and you knew all the questions I was asking you. And this is how you answered it. Cause it answered it exactly. And to me, I just think that God's love for us is just so amazing because like you said, God knows the things we're going to do. And even though we are trying our best, God knows we're not perfect. And he knows we're going to fall and we're going to make mistakes. But even with that, he loves us anyway. I remember when I was, um, I remember when I was younger and someone told a story about, they were like, okay, so if you had a kid and you knew that if you had this kid, they were going to kill you, would you still have the kid? And I thought about that at that age. I was like, absolutely not. Like, why would I have a child knowing (laughs) they would kill me? Like, I'm sorry, that would just not work for me. But then they brought it home by saying, well, you know, that's what God did. He knew that the people who crucified him were going to kill him, but he let them yeah. be born anyway. He knew oh, yeah. what we would do. Like you were saying, he knew, he knows everything about us and he still chose to love us because God makes a choice to love us. I think that he chooses yeah. every yeah. day to love us. And it just says a lot about who he is and how deep his love is for us. 
You know, that's why I love that song, Reckless Love, because it just shows, you know, how much God actually loves it. Some people would be like, that's insane. That's the most reckless thing I ever heard. Because I'm sure if a boyfriend or girlfriend did those things, we would dump them, okay? We would be done. (laughs) It would not be happy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But God still sticks around and he still chases us and he's relentless in his love for us. So that is something that I find that is totally amazing. All right, that'll complete the this segment from the Finding God podcast. I appreciate you all listening in, and if you like Christian-centered podcasts, please go check out the Finding God podcast from Kiana Mitchell and uh, all the episodes that she's put out over the last, uh, I think it's a couple of years at least at this point, for her doing that podcast. And uh, we're excited to see that uh, her grow and uh, her platform uh, take leaps and bounds forwards as she is able to uh, get pull in many, many people as she interviews and and centers Christ out in all of their spiritual journeys and uh, walks desiring to know truth. And that's truly what it's all about. Each of us should desire to know truth. When the truth is known, it'll set us free. Do you know truth? Do you know Christ is your Lord and Savior? Uh, was there anything in this episode that stood out particularly? Anything that you uh, might have some questions about or anything that you'd like to hear more of in future episodes? There's generally always some sort of questionnaire, so please let us know what you think in that questionnaire. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, wherever else you're listening, there's probably a way to reach out. And if nothing else, please email us at uh, SnyderProProductions at gmail.com with any comments or questions about this podcast and this particular episode. If you have any of those as well, we'd be happy to answer them. Again, if you have any ideas or thoughts for future episodes, please let us know, and we will even go as far as shouting you out if you'd like on the podcast if we uh, air an idea that you want us to talk on. And again, this is all about learning and growing together, so we want to hear what you have to th- what you have to say and the feedback you'd like to put into this podcast. And so uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, especially if you're still listening at this point. Uh, come back again next week for another episode on the Bold Believer podcast. And please go out, strengthen your faith, collect evidence, reasons of why you believe what you believe, draw closer to God, follow the Spirit's leading, and be a bold believer. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.